0: Is never heard of in the Christmas story. Gospel of Mark doesn't come up anywhere in the Christmas story because he doesn't talk about it at all. <laughs> it's kind of like um, in my notes. In my notes, I have these big letters. Mark doesn't believe in Christmas. So maybe a hundred years from now, there'll be some funny archaeologists that'll be like, "Oh, uh, you know how when the news something happens in the news?" And they report, here's what happened. You know, this building collapsed, or the water main broke, and here's where all the traffic has to go. And they don't really give you any details. And then, you know, the six o'clock news is the water main broke. The 10 o'clock news is the whole west side is without water. And then the next day, the news is the infrastructure of the water department. Is failing and now you start to get a bigger picture story and then maybe two months later on the news they have a city council meeting where the mayor approved a budget to redo the pipes and to redo the sewers and they're not going to build a stadium I know I'm telling dream stories now (laughs) but you know how when when news is new you don't get a lot of details about everything around it you just get the details of the event and that's kind of what's going on in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we So at, at One Life, they passed out to all everybody, all their people, this little book called The Case for Christmas. And if you've read The Case for Christ, this is an excerpt of that. This is the cheap uh, gift Christmas gift version of The Case for Christ. And it's also kind of like the Cliff Notes. And It's really interesting because it's just a case for Christ, things that have to do with Christmas. And in here, this week, I read that the Gospel of Mark was written after most of all of Paul's letters. Okay, so think about that for a second. The Gospel of Paul, Paul goes out, lives his whole life, writes all of his letters to all these different churches, travels all over the place, gets arrested in Rome or gets arrested in Jerusalem, travels through all the shipwrecks and everything, the whole book of Acts, all of Paul's letters get written. Paul's probably not even alive anymore. And the Gospel of Mark gets written. Now put on top of that, the Gospel of Mark is the first of the Gospels to be written. So the Gospel of Mark, they put it in the 50s, in the 50s A.D., Maybe, they said, maybe as late as 60. Okay, so this is is written. There's still a generation alive, maybe two that are still alive that could have stood and looked and seen Jesus dying on the cross when the Gospel of Mark was written. So the Gospel of Mark is written like here is what happened. Here is the scene. There's a water main break. Don't drive down this street. That's it. And there's not much backstory and there's not much around it. So the Gospel of Mark begins with a full-grown Jesus and a full-grown John the Baptist. And Mark chapter 1, I mean, we've been going through Mark, so this isn't too old to you. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. By verse 4, he's on John the Baptist. Baptizing the wilderness and proclaiming. By verse 9, Jesus comes from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And he immediately talks about what happens when Jesus gets baptized. He is immediately jumping into the action. So the Gospel of Mark is kind of separated into three sections, roughly. And it is right off the bat, action movie, Here is Jesus and how powerful he did and and, and how powerful he was and all the things he did. Miracle, 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 right? And it is establishing, whoa, Jesus did amazing things. Well, if you look at the book of Acts, what did the early church start by teaching? Peter gets up on Pentecost and they all say, oh, you guys are all drunk. And he says, I'm not drunk. Listen, Jesus Who came that you killed, rose from the dead. He immediately starts talking about the life of Jesus, what Jesus did. And so that's where Mark starts. Now, the other thing you got to remember about Mark is that most of Mark was Mark's notes taken from his uncle, Peter. And Peter was the Peter. So as Peter is, is talking and telling things, Mark is like, I need to write this stuff down. And so that's where we get the Gospel of Mark, is from a lot of things that, some people say it's sermons by Peter, some people say it would have been just stories that Peter would tell, because they didn't really have the concept of sermon, you know, you would get up and have speakers speak, but um, a, lot of, a lot of different people would speak at a time, and they would take turns. So he immediately begins with power. Here's the power Jesus had. Here's the actions that he did. Here's what he did. And then there's this little section in the middle of the Gospel of Mark where you really get some teaching. You get some parables. You get Jesus kind of like, now that I have your attention, let me tell you about the kingdom of heaven. Now that you're listening, now that you've seen this stuff, let me tell you where this power comes from and how I do this. Now that this has occurred... Right, And so Jesus gets a little bit of teaching. And then the last maybe five or six chapters are the last week of Jesus' life. Now remember, John spends half the Gospel of John on the last week of Jesus' life. So Mark is still emphasizing it really big. There are some people that say that because Mark is the earliest of the Gospels, And that he doesn't talk about Jesus' birth, that we can't trust it. That there's an objection that the the Gospels don't line up. And so for that, you ready for this? You skip to Mark chapter 6. I think I said it last week. Um, Ancient biographers didn't write biographies for the same reasons we do biographies now. When, when they used to write a biography about somebody, it was to show a message. It was, it was to get a point across. It wasn't like a newspaper reporter. It wasn't um, It wasn't we have to get all of these facts and details right. I mean, we have to get them right. We don't want to make up stuff. But we want to show a bigger thing. There's a bigger picture than just reporting on this person. And so when Mark leaves out everything about Jesus being born, it's because he wants to cut to the action, cut to the point. But, in Mark 6, we see that he knew about Jesus' birth. So Mark 6, Jesus went away from there, this is chapter 6, verse 1. He went away from there, came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. So this is really weird. This is a really weird thing to say because remember women didn't count very highly in Jesus' day. And so you would never refer to someone as, isn't his mom X, Y, Z? You'd never refer to somebody in relation to their mom. You might refer to a daughter in relation to her mom, but even then probably not. So Mark says, the people say, isn't this the son of Mary? And so when they say the son of Mary, there's a couple theories about what's going on there. Why would they refer to her? One is that Joseph died a long time ago. That Joseph was so long gone that you wouldn't even remember him, but, but Mary would be notable and they would remember her. That could be the case. The only thing that's hard about that is, good grief, they got a bazillion kids, <laughs> so he had to stick around for a while. The other thing is that Jesus is a carpenter, and we know that Joseph was a carpenter, and so Joseph had to be along. Joseph had to be around long enough to at least train Jesus up in the family business, in the trade. Now there is a chance that if if Jesus started down the path of a carpenter and Joseph died, that he would be uh, you know taken under the wing of another carpenter and taught that way. That that's totally logical and explainable, but um, but nevertheless, Mark emphasizes that he's the son of Mary because the people in the town emphasize that he's the son of Mary. So from that we know there is something extraordinary. There is something different. There is something different about, about his, his family, about his birth, about his lineage, something like that. The other thing about Mark is that Mark was reaching and reaching out to a lot of Greeks. He, uh, he was written at a time. Now remember, if he's written, if, if Mark is writing it, At the end of the book of Acts, or maybe just after the book of Acts, this is where the Greeks are really starting to take on the gospel. They're really starting to hear the gospel. Uh, Paul is in Rome, and from Rome, there's all kinds of people hearing his teaching and going out all over the world. So the Greeks had some crazy beliefs, and one of them was about... They're their rulers and their emperors. And they had, they had this idea that there were gods and goddesses that ruled over water and they ruled over fire and they ruled over trees and they ruled over Boonville and they ruled over this section of town. And, and there were all kinds of gods and goddesses. And that sometimes they would mix into human life and these gods would seduce women and have children by them. And that's where we got Plato... Alexander the Great, Hercules and Caesar, uh, Pythagoras and Caesar Augustus, all had these stories that their mothers slept with a God. and so they were this divine super powered person. And so when Jesus comes on the scene, if they start to say that he's a son of Mary out of wedlock, right and the Son of God, All the Greeks are going to be like, oh, another Hercules, another Plato, another Pythagoras, another uh, Augustus Caesar, another Alexander the Great. And the whole point that Luke makes is no, it wasn't like that at all. Uh, That that is actually a a real stumbling block for Muslims. When When you talk to Muslim people about Jesus being the Son of God, they think that that's just the most blasphemous, gross vulgar thing that you could talk about God doing. And so um, you you have to talk a lot about Jesus coming from God. And you you wait a while to introduce the language of the Son of God. Because it's a stumbling block. And it would have been a stumbling block for the Greeks too. Again, that wasn't the point for Mark. When Mark wanted to tell people about the great things that Jesus did, and the great things that Jesus accomplished... It wasn't about how he was born or the events of his birth. That's just that wasn't, that wasn't the point. For the Apostle Paul, that wasn't the point. The point wasn't where Jesus came from. It wasn't the point of where he was born. The Apostle Paul actually never talks about the birth of Christ. There are a couple little parts where he says that she, he was born of a virgin... But he doesn't dwell on it. He doesn't sit on it. And the point of it isn't of who his lineage was or where he was born. The point is that he was a real man. That he was flesh and blood. That he wasn't some spirit. He wasn't some supernatural um, come out of nowhere being. That he was a real flesh and blood man. Why is that a big deal? Oh my gosh, this is everything, right? This is the prophecy that Isaiah would prophesy that God will be with you. He will dwell among you. This is what Jeremiah talked about. This is what Moses Moses heard from God that, that God would be in their midst and dwell among them. Uh, remember in, in Numbers, I think it's in Numbers, it might be in Leviticus, it might be in Numbers, where God tells Moses, clean up the camp. And uh, when you use the bathroom, use the bathroom outside the camp because I walk among you and I'm holy. All of that was, was foreshadowing God being with us. So Paul is emphasizing that. he um, In 1 Corinthians 2. So again. If there's, if there's all these events that happen. This was a, this was a classic. Um, so. When I worked at the rescue mission, I got a little bit of education on how to identify con men and how to identify when somebody's like trying to swindle you and rip you off or, or talk you out of something. And one technique is to give you so many details that you're completely overwhelmed, right? You might have had somebody come to your door and they, they need money for gas because their, their cousin broke down his car and his cousin went to rights. And uh, his cousin had a math teacher. And all of a sudden this story is just going on with so many details. And you're like, what, what do I need to get you off my porch? Here's 20 bucks, right? Paul was not going to do that. He's not going to get lost in details about what he's talking about. He's sticking to the point. Listen to this. This is uh, 1 Corinthians 2. He says, when I came to you, brothers... I did not come proclaiming you, proclaiming to you the test didn't I come proclaiming to you the testimony of God, and I didn't come with lofty speech, and I didn't even come with wisdom. Right? You think the apostle Paul, he's gonna come with all kinds of great preaching and, and wisdom. No, he didn't come with any of that. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. My speech and my message were not in were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He's saying, I didn't show up to really impress you and to show off how, what a great preacher teacher wise man i was i just wanted you to know jesus i just wanted you to know his power the power of the resurrection and i think if you talk to mark and you asked mark did jesus really was jesus really born on december 25th when we celebrate christmas he would look at you like what in the world what kind of question is that Let me tell you about Jesus. There was this guy and he was paralyzed and these dudes ripped a hole in the roof and they lowered it down. Jesus told him his sins were forgiven. What? Okay, but was Jesus really born of a virgin? What are you talking about? Did you know that Jesus one time went up to this guy that had 2,000 demons in him and he cast all of them out at once and killed this whole herd of pigs? Is crazy. That's where Mark is. What I love about this is the purity of it because it's super easy. I mean, I got, I got pastor friends, people write stickers about it. It's like the thing that's okay to complain about, about Christmas is everybody loses sight of Christmas, right? The Bible says do everything without complaining or grumbling, but people kind of think it's okay to complain about people forgetting the real reason about Christmas, This wouldn't even be material to Mark. Paul wouldn't even slow down. Why? Because he is so thrilled about Jesus. Can you imagine that? To be so thrilled about Jesus that you wouldn't even think about Christmas because Jesus, because he really came. He was a real man. He was in the flesh. He was a big deal. He lived I appreciate that purity. I appreciate that, that focus and that, that uh, centrality of where they, where they were with what they talked about. That Jesus came and lived and, and showed off the power of God. It, it almost amplifies Christmas, doesn't it? The whole, point, the whole point of Jesus coming was that he came. He was real. He was a real deal. All right, so I got another funny note in my notes to stumble the archaeologists. And that's that Mark doesn't like Easter either. So you go to the end of Mark. Mark 16. And you probably have a gazillion footnotes. Because in Mark 16, it's only eight verses long. And then there's this footnote. Some early manuscripts don't have verses 9 through 20. So I'm going to read to you all of Mark 16. You ready? When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother, James and Salome brought spices. So they would go and anoint him very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen. They went to the tomb. They were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from us, for us, from the entrance of the tomb? Looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, "Don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him." But now go tell his disciples and Peter. Remember, Peter's the narrator, right? Like just imagine Peter saying, and he even mentioned me. Go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The end. Why is that the end of Mark? And then you have earliest manuscripts. The stuff that was added later, not saying it wasn't real, not saying it wasn't genuine, just saying some of the earliest copies didn't have the Great Commission, didn't have how he appeared to some of the disciples on the road to Emmaus and all that. What if, this is what I like to think about, what if all of this news was so fresh and so recent that that was all they had to hear because they knew what happened next because they were there. The people that, that Mark was originally written to were only as far away from Jesus dying on the cross as your kids are from your grandparents. I mean, your kids are from their grandparents. I mean, it's that close in time. And so, like, if I tell my kids about how my grandparents bought, or how their grandparents, right, lived in this house and lived in that house, I'm not going to finish with the details of, and now it's out on Hogue Road, and they tore down this house in the backyard because there's an old log cabin, because they've been there, they've seen it. Isn't that wild? So, sometimes when you read the Gospels, when you read and you see these, it helps a whole lot to put them in the context of the real people that were writing it and the real people that were reading it and hearing it. Whenever, whenever there's anything in the scripture, it's for three different people. It's for three different, all scriptures for three different people. And it really enhances your Bible study if you think about those three people. It's written for the person that is writing it. Okay? So the message to Isaiah you're going to have this kid and you're going to name him Malar, haller Shalhash, Baz. That affected, oh you know, yeah. That was for Isaiah. That was for him. When, when God shows up to Daniel and the, the prince of Persia shows up and he says, I heard your prayer, but I was held off by, by the prince of, of Persia. And this angel is talking to, and that was for Daniel. But it's also for the people in that time. It's for the people at the time that it's written. So this gospel was written, it was dictated by Peter, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it was written for Mark, just for Mark's benefit, because God loves Mark. Then it was also written for the people that would read it at that time, the people in the 50s and 60s, like, like the not 50s, right? Not the 1950s, the, the zero 50s for the people that would read this scroll and pass it around and hear the stories that that maybe Jesus came through their town. Maybe Paul came through their town and they said, we want to know more about this Jesus. And they're like, man, there's this guy that he, he lives out on the edge of town and he has this scroll that he copied from somebody that talks about Jesus. Let's go out and talk to him. And, you know, the guy's not in the Bible. We don't know who he is. But just as the church grew, the, uh, On the day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 people added. And those 3,000 people were from all over the world. So as they spread, Christianity is going to spread, and they're going to have to have some way to, to keep learning more and keep finding out more and spreading the word. So scrolls like the Gospel of Mark. So the guy that wrote it, the people that read it at the time that it was written, and thirdly, for all of us throughout history. So the stuff that's written in Mark, is good for us not just cuz it's the gospel but it's interesting to look at you know the importance of talking about what Jesus did Jesus was active he was a man we you know I was talking about the symbols of each of the gospels the symbol of the gospel of mark is a lion and one of the reasons for that is because it starts out with John the Baptist roaring and shouting proclaiming this king that's coming So, with all of that, mix all of that together, you have a great conversation. You have a great thing to talk about. You have a great thing to overflow about when you're waiting in line at Walmart and they only have two registers open and there's 97,246 people waiting to check out. Right? You have the conversation. You have the way to say, you know what? Jesus did more. His birth is a big deal. And do you know why his birth is a big deal? Because of his life. And you have a chance to tell stories about his life and what he did. Show the action of Jesus. Show the things that he did. All of the songs that we sing. Every song that we sing. We only have Luke and Matthew talking about Jesus' birth. But we have the whole life of Jesus detailed in all four Gospels that makes us reflect back on what his birth must have been like right from from so we put that into the song so that's my charge take all that with you and and read the gospel of mark it is it is an awesome just sit down you know the time that it would take you to sit and watch a really long lord of the rings movie you could read the gospel of mark and it would be just as full as much action and it doesn't go very deep and um and that will get you ready for next week when we talk about the longest book in the New Testament, which is the Gospel of Luke. So, let's pray. Lord, you are holy and awesome and wonderful. And we praise you, Lord, that you were a real man, that you really lived and that you really really were tempted in every way that we are tempted. And you did not sin. And I pray, Lord, that through this whole Advent, In Christmas time that we would completely remember constantly that you were a real guy and that you really came and, and all this stuff is true and that we can rest on it and draw hope from it and we can tell others about it and celebrate it work that in us father we love you lord amen